this is Cloud B. And this is Bird. And together we are Two Bees Pod. And we're just a couple of old bees talking about life, love, surviving, and thriving through the everyday trials of adulting as older millennials. We definitely don't have it all figured out, but we're doing it anyway. I need some shelter of my own protection, baby. Be with myself in center. And we're back. Hey, girl. Hey. Aww. <laughs> That's <is> exciting. <laughs> Early-ish. It's, I don't know. It's not early. It's not. It's early for my brain. It's just a, a Sunday on a three-day weekend. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. What's yeah. Um, nothing. I don't know. I don't know what I've been doing oh. with my life. I feel like it's been really busy, though. Yeah. I don't... What did we do? Was it during the last week? No. It wasn't during my vacation. Anyway, I'm just glad the election is over. And my mom running for city council. We posted that we were at her election viewing party. Yeah, and you like never spoke about it before that. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it didn't go in her favor. But um, I'm really proud of but her. But it yeah, and it wasn't that like it wasn't far apart. Yeah, yeah no. Mm-hmm. And it was her first time running, and she she kind of just had a lot of people telling her what they think she should do, and. Um, I think we realize that it's uh, a lot different than the times now are a lot different than what people are used to. Like people who've been involved in the city before, um, with the, you know, with mm-hmm. things that they're used to doing, and you know, she just trusted people's experience. And looking back on it, we know that it's just a different time mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and people don't want to hear from politicians; they want to hear from people, and so yeah, trying we we should have. Shown that side of her more. Like a learning experience. Yeah. But she did really good. Like you yeah. said, it wasn't like a landslide. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only like 10%, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she should be proud of that. Yeah. And she and is. And you should be proud. Oh, thanks. Because you did a lot of work. You were like her campa- campaign manager, basically. Yeah. Her media person. <laughs> her <There's>... graphics designer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, in the next four years, I'm pretty sure she'll do it. She needs, she should. Yeah, you think she'll do it again? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to take a class. There's, like, some class at Mount St. Mary's. It's, like, 100 and something, and it's, uh, what do they call it? It was something about, um, get out and run? I don't know, something about campaigning. Oh, yeah? I think it's meant for people who want to campaign, and then also people who may help out. So there's this that's cool. This like PR person that we work with at POV and she always reaches out to me for like quotes and stuff like that. So I was talking to her and she said she told me about it. So I thought I'd be more prepared cuz I wasn't a legit campaign manager. But still. And then my coworker, I came back to work cuz I took all like a week and a half off like once like once she lost the um the election um I took that day to be with her because she was super bummed and my sister was leaving that night so we all stayed together and then I came back the next day and one of my coworkers gave me like some really cool funky flowers and then like a nice note saying that when I posted about my mom and then I texted them saying that I was going to be in she said it made her think of this uh, quote from or speech from Michelle Obama where she kind of talks about like there are many times when like Hillary experienced things and she could have just given up then and there but then also it talks about, like, that our daughters are watching and our girls are watching mm-hmm. and, like, being that example for, mm-hmm. for them and how important it is. And so it it was really nice. And then I finally cried. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. So. It's nice to have support from coworkers yeah. and people around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially not that it wasn't like, oh, oh, well, like, people knew it was, like, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where my life has been. And now we move on to the wedding. Oh, yeah. Now it's how many months? Eight. Ooh. 
Are you counting? <laughs> seven. Seven, ten, seven, March. It's like March, eight, yeah. Seven. Yeah. Seven? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to come up fast. I know. We're going to sentence. Save the date soon, hopefully. But how have you been? Good. I feel like it's been really busy, like, election, that election week, and then it was, how was it Halloween? No, it's all just, like, a blur. Mm. Halloween was the week prior. Yeah? Yep. I mean, it's on my favorite murder live. Oh, yeah. That was exciting and fun. It was, like, um, they said it was the biggest live podcast show, and it was 7,000 people sold out at Microsoft at LA Live. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get 10 one day. <laughs> like, just 10 listeners. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And you dressed up for work, too. <laughs> I phoned it in for work because people are all like, I don't know, cheerful <laughs> and wanting to do things at work. Um, so, I, uh, I wasn't trying to dress up. I knew I was going to the My Favorite Murder taping on Halloween, so I wasn't, like, going out. And then you and I did that costume, oh, yeah. the party the weekend before that we posted, or pizza and beer. <laughs> um, so I wasn't, like, really buying a costume, so I just did, like, a Lilo bound because oh, that's all shit I have as a grown-ass woman. <laughs> you know, normal, <laughs> casual. So, yeah. That's cute. Thanks. I think you just have to commit to acting the part. And, like... Lilo's like my, like my kindred spirit. Like Lilo's like a major mood. Like she's just like, leave me here to die. I mean, (laughs) the level of drama, same. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like, it feels like a blur. It's been busy and then it's been, I don't know if it's been two weeks since recorded, but we're doing the two week thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So my memory, not so good. So we'll see how these recaps go. Well, how about last night? I'm up to write notes. (laughs) Last night was recent. Oh, yeah. Last night I did nothing. Oh, actually, I watched a John Leguizamo um, special on Netflix, Latin History for Morons. Have you seen that? No. No? Um, it's funny. It's interesting. It's like he, you know, our history is not in the history books. It's all white history. So his son was getting, like, bullied by, I'm guessing, white people who were, like, our ancestors, our civil war leaders, blah, 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 who are you, whatever. So that prompted him to look into Latin history. Um, So it's interesting. So that's what I did last night and did nothing. But during the day, I went to a really cool event and I was posting about it on stories and stuff on Instagram, both my own and the 2Bs one. Um, So I went to an event at MOLA, the museum. I'm like... I don't know if that's how you say the acronym, but it's the Museum of Latin American Art in Long mm-hmm. Beach um, for a like tattoo event called Ink Stories on Skin. Um, and it's six. It's pretty cool. So it's about storytelling, uh, six individuals, uh, personal stories, different stories about their own different experiences. Um, and uh, yesterday was a live tattooing of one of our friends mm-hmm. who is here today with us. Uh, so Virgie, Virginia, Hello. Yes. <laughs> was, um, good morning. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for inviting me. So she, so she was getting tattooed yesterday. It was really cool. Um, I showed up at the later end in the afternoon just before it got wrapped up, which I'm glad I made it. I mm-hmm. thought I was going to be done and I was going to be bummed. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Just like the whole setup, I we didn't. Eric, my husband, went with me and a couple friends met us there, and I didn't really know what the setup was gonna be like. Um, but it was like a, one of the halls. Um, they set up ta- uh, you know a tattoo station and then chairs um, for an audience viewing of the tattoo. And I don't know how Reggie can share how it went in the earlier sessions. Mm. But um, they were playing a video, you know, that was done beforehand with both her story and the tattoo artist's story. So she's tattooing while you're watching the video. And I was watching the video and, like, paying attention to the video. And once the video started, didn't even realize that the tattoo was done by that mm-hmm. point. Um, and then they give you a Q&A portion. It was, it was really cool. It was really nice. It was really touching. I was, like, really, like, 
uh, moved and like became a little emotional, which is always interesting to me because when I've heard people's stories already and then I hear them again and, you know, for whatever reason you're in a certain place yourself or just the way the story is conveyed or something, something hits you for whatever reason. So it was really touching and emotional for myself and everyone I was with. And then um, they had other areas of the hall where um, it's like tattoo history. Uh Um, And the person who tattooed you, Carrie, Mm -hmm. she owns the oldest tattoo shop. I don't know if just in Long Beach or in the country. Second oldest in the world. Yeah. So it's been at the Pike at Long Beach since like the 20s, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, um, so she has all this tattoo history, and a lot of a part of the exhibit is stuff from her shop, mm-hmm. stuff from her like shop oh. museum. Yeah, yeah cool. it's really cool. Um, and then there's the portion dedicated to the six people who participated. Mm-hmm. Um, they have different, I guess, art pieces dedicated to everyone's sort of story, and then their pictures go up there really big. I didn't realize Humongous. that. So your picture's Humongous. gonna be up there. Be there. They're beautiful eyes. Yeah. It's, I think a little larger than life size. Yes. Oh my God. Your beautiful eyes. Her eyes are amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to post a picture on our Instagram so people will see <laughs> beautiful <laughs> eyes. But yeah, it goes on through February like 3rd or something. Yeah. The exhibit will be at um, cool. the Museum of Latin American Art in Long Beach. Um, so I kind of want to go back. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're going to go back with we to are, see what your pictures We are actually planning there. on getting together, having dinner, and going back. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to go back and see everyone's photos once they're done. And then they have one more live tattoo performance. Next month. Yeah, Yeah, next month in December. Yeah, Ruji, do you want to share a little bit about um, how this opportunity came to you? Like how you got involved and all that? I got an email from one of our peers at POV, and um, she sent it out. And I sent it out to some of the volunteers that work with me at the DART stations which is the domestic abuse response team, and we're out on field stationed at LAPD stations. Anyway, um, I sent it out to them, and then I thought, why don't I apply too? Sure. Um, so I went ahead and sent in my application, and I think it was about over 100 of us that sent them in. Out of those 100, like 20 were selected. Then they did the face-to-face interviews, and then out of those 20, like six of us were selected. So the stories range from... Mine was DV, my connection to domestic violence. Um, there's another one. Um, he used to be a gang member. He got shot, paralyzed. Now he's a professor at East LA College. Um, there is a woman who witnessed her stepdad murder her mom um, because he was sexually assaulting the sister. Um, but her story is more, she grew up, she had children of her own. One of her sons was working with gang members. So he was working, I don't know if it was like a rehab type of environment. So he was helping this kid out. Kid ended up murdering her son. So she starts working with him, like, I know you took my son, now you're my son. You know, so she started going into the prisons and connecting with him. And after she, he was released, he started working with him and they kept going back into the prisons. So her story made it like to the White House. She met the president and stuff. Um, Another story is Dylan's, which she was a female he was a female and then what society viewed him like as a gay female and then now she she's a he so now what life is like for him as a trans man Mm -hmm. um then there's another one who had her face cut with bob wire and what life was like for her growing up with scars Mm -hmm. um then there's another one that dealt with dealing with mental health issues and Mm -hmm. what it's like being out in society and i think that's the next one that's the next one Mm -hmm. that's that's what tattooed Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah So yeah, did they um, did they have specific topics that they were gonna cover? Or they were just asking for people's personal stories. They or... were more personal stories, but not just here. Let me hear about your tragedy, but what you did with it, mm-hmm. and how you can influence maybe somebody else's life, surviving uh, and thriving. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and also being an impact in society. Yeah, oh, so that's was, awesome. So yeah. many people to get chosen. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting and. Like, part of me is like, yeah, I hear my story because it's not just my story. It's many other people's right. stories. And like I said yesterday, hear it, but don't look at me because I don't want the attention. <laughs> right. But it's important to talk about it. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and DV comes in such a broad spectrum from being maybe just a few words 
to being murdered. Mm, and right. in between, there's a whole lot of us mm. that go through a lot of different things. And many of those times, we don't talk about it. We close the door and that's something you deal with at home. Mm-hmm. You know, and society has been changing little by little and we're talking about it. And it's, it's okay to say, hey, maybe I have a problem. Versus before, that's like I said, it's something that stays in the house. And yeah. it's the family's problem. Mm. That's a good point. All the different forms of abuse that take place, financial, emotional, mm-hmm. psychological, yeah. hiding things, controlling things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could start with something as simple as what you're wearing. And mm. it might be cute. Oh, he cares about the way I look. Or maybe I do have too much makeup on. Or mm. or maybe he does have the right to go through my phone mm. or tell me what time to get on. But those are all forms of abuse and control. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes when we've been raised in those environments... That's what we're used to, and that's what, like, yeah, maybe the men should, or the female should be going through my things, you know, Mm. and that's normalized for us, Mm -hmm. but it's not okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what's, like, big for us, and then something like this, you're reaching a, I mean, in the field, when we share stories, and Mm -hmm. we're reaching people that maybe have a sense, but when you're going into this, you know, different city where maybe you haven't shared your story, this museum where people are just interested in art, like, you Mm -hmm. have potential to reach so many people, and have your story resonate with them or just maybe the story's not the same but at least they feel less mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. so that's, that's yeah. cool and just people who might just like you said interested in art or interested yeah. just in tattooing right. and making that connection with like real life stories and tattooing because so many of us mm-hmm. you know get tattoos at times yeah. um, as a means of processing mm-hmm. or uh, mem- memorializing something mm-hmm. or you know as yeah yeah, healing, healing, healing yes. or setting goals. What do I want to do? Where mm-hmm. I've been, or where I want to yeah. be, or just yeah. so much of that Stories. process. And if you look at a lot of the artwork that's out there, a lot of it is an expression of trauma or some mm-hmm. kind of obstacle that they've overcome or that society has overcome. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of the pieces, especially in that museum, it has a, it's mostly Latino artists, mm-hmm. and the various exhibits that they have show the struggles of mm-hmm. Latinos mm-hmm. over history, over periods right. of time. So it's very important to not only look at the pieces, but understand what's the story behind it. Yes. Um, Jennifer Hernandez, the artist that was on the other gallery, I don't know if you had a chance to see her work. It's just beautiful, impacting. And there were some scenes where she's like this fighter, but at the same time, there's there's animals dead. And it's just like so much going on. Mm. And just you could see her struggle in her pieces, mm. just beautiful pieces. Yeah. And even with just within the tattoo exhibit too, like mm-hmm. the, um, the, like the different types of tattoo and the evolution of tattoos like even uh-huh. all the prison tattoos yeah. and like uh, uh like chicano tattoos and where that started from and then uh there's a little piece about the zoot zoot riots mm-hmm. and about chola cholo culture and mm-hmm. like that type of tattooing and then from like navy culture mm-hmm. um so it's all like so many different stories and yeah. um concepts behind it so yeah so it's like a whole new audience to reach out to because like you know, people could have just been like, tattoo exhibit, cool. I get to see someone be tattooed live yeah. at a museum. That's dope. Yeah. You know, and not even be prepared yeah. <laughs> for this type of stories that they might hear, you know? Yeah. So. And it's always powerful to hear somebody come up to you afterwards and tell you, like, oh, thank you for sharing. Oh, That's my yes. story. Or I live this too, and yeah. I wasn't able to talk about it. So that, that to me is just like, okay, somebody needed to hear something. Right. Today. Yeah. I had to share. Yeah. Yeah. And it touched someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the tattoo artist Carrie, who tattooed you, how did that connection happen? Did was that done behind the scenes? That is all behind the scenes. So we submitted our stories, and then they had already hand selected the specific artists that touched, that had different styles of tattoo, mm-hmm. tattooing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Freddie Negrete was there. Mm-hmm. He's more of the mm-hmm. the prison tattoos and stuff. So each one of them heard our stories, and each one of them the purpose was that they got to connect to our story and why did they connect? Mm -hmm. So she had her history with, it was not so much physical, but it was more verbal and emotional. And, and it was interesting when we were recording the video, like she didn't realize just how connected we were and just the way everything pieced together. And she felt it was like, not as bad as mine, but yet Mm -hmm. so many things intertwined, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just, it was beautiful the way it it contemplated itself. Like the way it mixed in. I I wasn't, um, I guess I just kind of went in it cold, knowing Uh your story, knowing, um, that that was part of it, but didn't, didn't realize she was also a survivor. Uh Carrie Barba is the tattoo artist who's like, well known world renowned all over the world oh my god she judges 
and wins. <laughs> she judges. No, she's like. She wins at all her categories. She goes yeah. and judges like in France. She's part yeah. of, I guess, Ink Stories. I'm not sure if I got mm. that right. The tattoo ones shows that are on TV and oh, things okay. like that. She's very well known. Yeah. Yeah. Even the wall of tattoo artists. Yeah. There was so many like, oh, this guy's oh, on yeah. this show. This guy's on this show. Yeah. So like this amazing world-renowned artist. Yes. To have this piece on your arm yeah. forever. Oh my yeah. God. That's so amazing. I like literally have a piece of art that yes. I get to walk around with. Yes. <laughs> totally. Cool. And then and she's the owner of Outer Limits Tattoo. Yes, she is. Um, which is, we were saying, the oldest mm-hmm. tattoo parlor in the USA. Yeah. Um, so I was... I wasn't prepared to have that connection mm. of the artist yeah. and you and your stories. And that was so impactful um, and amazing to experience also to have that. Um, because, like, um, we all have tattoos. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if, like, you know, there's, like, the LA Inc. where they're, like, doing the tattooing for the show. And so, of course, mm-hmm. they're going into the stories and oh. the Miami Inks and all those tattoo shows. But I've only had like maybe one experience where I've actually had a tattoo artist ask me why I'm getting this tattoo and blah, 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 whatever, and go into the story of what it represents to me. I don't know if you guys have had that experience prior. Have you ever had an artist? Yeah. So like to make that connection is so cool. I I have had that, but it's just part of the conversation. Okay. We're going to be here for a few hours. Let's talk about something. Like this was a small talk. Uh So much more personal. Yeah. just the way we worked on it we've been working on it for a few weeks now and going back and forth so part of what the inspiration for the art piece the tattoo is is incorporating some of the art pieces so as part of the exhibit um we get to spend a few hours with the curator and go over different art pieces and without looking at the titles connecting to specific art pieces mm-hmm. and what this piece represents for me mm-hmm. so I the first one was the broken house because that was my son mm-hmm. so that was my connection to that piece and that's why it's incorporated here yeah. because the area where we lived in dude ended up breaking everything in the house breaking doors and stuff so what my son remembers from that mm-hmm. specific last event was that everything was broken mm-hmm. so we lived in Monterey Park so Monterey he associates Monterey Park with the broken mm-hmm. house so when I saw that, okay, that's that's my yeah. son. Those are my kids. And that's what he called it, right? That's what he yeah. called it, yeah. So we actually, we went down to the exhibit and my boyfriend's daughter lives in Monterey Park. So we actually took a trip down the street and we went oh, to the wow. old house. And I'm telling my son, do you remember that? Luckily he doesn't because he was five. Okay. He was little. You know, like, oh yeah, that, that's broken house right there. But if it was kind of like a last, like, okay, here Release. you go. Let's leave you there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the pieces was the broken house. Another piece was um, these two women are like in the darkness and there's a lot of fish, which I don't know that fish represent death in art. I found that out afterwards. And they're kind of looking out this door kind of like, are we going to go through the door or we're not? So that to me was reminder like that day when I was trying to get my kids out the window. So I connected with that piece. And then this other one was Corazón de Tierra, which is an amazing piece. It's just like the silhouette of a woman, but yet she's kind of like earth. Her ovaries are like representing land. And I was like, okay, that's where I am today. Like Mm -hmm. she's powerful. She's like the center of everything of life. And that's going to go on here next. (laughs) So each each one of those pieces connected. She pointed to her forearm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's that that piece going going in my arm. Um, So... Between me and the artist, we were working on what the piece was going to be on my arm. So the first one, she was going to do the broken house and a woman kind of fleeing. But you can see her face because there was so much confusion Mm. and going into that bright light, the bright door. But I didn't connect with it too much. Um, The second one was just the broken house and everything inside of it was broken. And I told her, it made me very sad to think Uh, about it. I go, that's not where I'm at no more. So I'm like, okay, how about we keep the house, but we add some flowers because flowers, there's life growing out of. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of those pictures where there's concrete and there's that one little plant yeah, that's yeah. coming out of it. Like that Tupac poem. You heard mm-hmm. it? Yeah, the rose, rose degree from concrete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's totally what I thought. Of. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, yeah, no, we need something like that. And so she thought about how about daisies? And I yeah, sure, daisies. And then just the way she has it, the way we kept, talking about it and each time we talked about it it made so much more sense so the way she envisioned it is that the flowers and the beauty are going to finish breaking that house That's so that life like. yeah can come through yeah and i just loved it you know so we're going to add a f- few more later on some mm-hmm. some red flowers just to mm-hmm. enhance it more mm-hmm. but 
it's evolving as I'm evolving. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And that's totally what I um, thought of when I saw mm-hmm. it. It's like the flowers are the ones yeah. breaking through the house mm-hmm. um, without even knowing that whole story. And then the three pieces you just spoke about um, that kind of you took inspiration from for your the tattoo, yeah. um, mm-hmm. they're on exhibit in your specific mm-hmm. yeah. spot in yeah. the museum. Mm-hmm. Did you, by the way, did you notice like when you walk into the exhibit and then it has the name of the exhibit and then the artist's names, did you see that your name's there? Yeah. You're like in a museum exhibit. I am part of the exhibit. Amazing. That's like, I hope you took, I took a picture if you didn't, but I hope you have a picture of it. Yeah, I have several pictures. (laughs) I didn't take them, but my boyfriend did. He's like, oh, Mr. Camera person. But yeah, (laughs) like I, I was telling my boyfriend, like, it's just... I don't like the attention. I, I don't like it. I like, while they were tattooing me, I kept facing my artist because I don't want to see people. It's, mm. You want your story out there, but at the same time, it's awkward. Yeah. You know, and when you're hearing your story playing, I held mm. back so many times from crying. I'm not a crier. I'm strong. You know, and she just... Strong people cry. Virginia. I heard... Who told me? <laughs> Somebody at work told me. I was like, rocks don't cry. And it was like, yeah, they do when dogs piss on them. So... <laughs> I think it was somebody at work. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I related, like, even a rock will cry if it has a reason to, yeah. even if it's being pissed yeah. on. But I loved it. So anyway, um, so I broke down a few times. And it, it's not so much about the DV, but just realizing that my kids were impacted. Yeah. And just the struggles with dealing. I dealt with a lot of different things, not just the physical and verbal abuse, mm-hmm. but I started going through a lot of different emotional things myself, mental health issues, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still struggle with them every so often, mm-hmm. but just the fact that I was hearing myself talk about it, like, okay, this is heavy. And my tattoo yes. person was just amazing. She's like, just look at me. Just look at me. Oh, you don't so have to it seemed me. like you guys had a connection. Oh yeah. She was awesome. So nice. She's yeah. very awesome. I was recently telling someone, um, that like one of the hardest things is to like come to terms or acknowledge things yourself, like talk to yourself mm-hmm. and acknowledge. I was talking about a fear that I had about something and it was really impactful to mm-hmm. me. And like, I don't know if someone else told me that it would be as impactful. So maybe just you hearing your own words of your own experience and process and, you know, the whole healing process where you are now and everything. It's just the whole experience, I'm sure, is so overwhelming because it's like physical pain Mm. because I'm a little, like I said, I'm a little bitch. (laughs) When I get tattooed, I'm like... I actually did really good. I was promising. (laughs) Good for you. I'm like, uh, I hate it. The hardest part yesterday was I'm sitting and I'm facing the audience. And my son was five when this happened. So my son was sitting there and he was watching the video and hearing it. Mm. And I was like, God, what's going through his head? Mm. And that just broke me. And I I held back then. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to look at him. But I should have because he's probably processing this for the first time because he had never seen the video. My yeah. 18-year-old did because I wanted her to see it before anybody else did. Yeah. Um, so she had seen it. But for him, that was the first time. Mm. So I could tell he was kind of like, didn't know what to say. Yeah. And then, um, and then he's they, a part of like he's such he, a big part. He's of, the big part of it. So of he's it like, oh, mom, you got two flowers. That's me and Sarah. Huh? And mm-hmm. I go, yeah, that's you guys. Mm-hmm. And then they showed the video a few times. So come the second time, my daughter was there, the five-year-old, mm-hmm. four-year-old. Sorry, she'll be five next month, and she's processing it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's listening to this. And then she started doing like this, like you, which I'm kind of going like I'm saying I'm crazy, but. She was telling her dad that I was dreaming that that didn't happen. And then she's looking at her dad. She goes, dad, you didn't do that to my mom. So she thought I was talking about her dad. Because all she knows is her dad. All she knows is her dad. And we should say your DV relationship was with with somebody else. Prior to. The father of my two older children. Right. Not your current. No, no. My current one is, he's the girl in the relationship. He's really good to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So just seeing that she was processing what was going on and talking about how somebody was trying to kill me and mm. you know she didn't know how to understand it and they yeah. played the video a few times so come the second time i could just see her getting sadder and sadder like oh mm. she shouldn't be listening to this so we got home and then we started talking because i wanted to check in with with everyone to yeah. see how they're doing so i had a conversation with her we were lying in bed and i was like tell me what you thought about today and and she goes mommy i can't believe that man wanted to hurt you mm. and then she's like because he still comes once every five months to pick up my kids whenever yeah. he decides he's going to pick up his son. And she's like, why do you let him in the house? Mm-hmm. I go, because 
he's hopefully a different person, mm -hmm. you know, and that's still your brother's dad, mm -hmm. you know. So we had a conversation. I think it was important to check in and see what she thought about what was going on. And with my son as well. Mm -hmm. But he's a teenager and didn't want to talk about it. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. That sort of makes sense because um, we were sitting the second row behind your partner and your uh -huh. baby girl. And um, <laughs> so I was trying to take pictures and stuff. And then my husband, I was he was like in a different view. So I was like, if you can get some pictures. And she was like kept putting her hand up blogging and like looking at him she's like so feisty her little attitude yeah. is so cute but she was like why are you taking pictures of my mama <laughs> she was like stop it <laughs> so yeah, cute which um, is good like, yeah. yeah she's very she's protective like, I don't know you <laughs> yeah, she's, she's small but she's very protective yeah she's you know? so yeah. cute I like right now my life I don't know my life keeps opening up to different things and just they're amazing experiences so out of this experience we connected with some professor from oh, usc yeah. who wants us to talk to i don't know her class, class or somebody said, right? yeah. um and it's just like wow like i was telling the artist like all these opportunities present they open up doors to hopefully reach other people mm -hmm. and like that teacher said like our experiences are not stuff that you can understand in a book right mm -hmm. you know no matter how much you want to read about it and try to understand some of these symptoms or or what happens the actual experience is a lot different than what you would ever read in a book so yeah. hopefully we're going to go mm -hmm. soon and go to the usc school of psychology or something yeah like that. Psychology, social work social yeah. sociology something like that yeah so what's that been like because in you're in every day at work you're working with people and you're trying mm -hmm. to get them to a certain place or be a resource that they can get to a place that they're good with in their healing journey and give them options and whatnot. So going back into where you're, you're thriving and you're advocating for survivors and then you take a moment and you go back to what you've experienced and what you've come um, out of. So what's that like going back and forth and what was that like and how do you handle that at work? And It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I am more hands-on over the past few weeks have been more because mm. I was supervising so I was kind of like a little out of the station but now I'm more in there so I'm spending a lot more and for some reason the stories that are coming in right now are very bad stories mm. very there's something in the environment right now where the stories are getting really bad mm. there's very bad abuse um, so they can be very triggering mm -hmm. so it's like I'm on a constant little roller coaster and some most of the time I'm good because you got to front like okay i'm here to help you right but then you're going to connect to some part of that story and it's going to affect you yeah and that's when i go home and it's like <sighs> i bitch at everybody <laughs> so at work i'm fine and i can do it because it's work and you shut feelings down and you shut mm -hmm. emotions down because you have a purpose you have yes. something to do mm -hmm. but then when you're on your way home that's when the story starts mm -hmm. going over again then you get home and it's like i don't want to deal with you and like i shared last night um abusers come in all shapes and sizes all yeah. genders but normally it, you think of a man right so my man is my partner so he gets a lot of lash a mm -hmm. lot of the backlash from what happens in the day and like i said the last thing i want to do is have a man touch me mm -hmm. the last thing i want to know it's like you're the problem mm -hmm. you know and, and i hate that i'm going into that mindset mm -hmm. because he's not the problem but it's it's just interesting and i'm catching that now you know and i i have to find that transitioning period where i can shut that off mm. and be, go be a mom and go be whatever i need to be when you think about that or when you recognize it do you record have you been able to recognize it like during and do you try how do you get through it what do you how do you get out of that place but what are you doing for for Self virgie care. for yourself yeah alcohol <laughs> <laughs> i try I, sometimes, you, know, <laughs> you know it's like sometimes i just give me a minute to drink a beer while i get home and let me just unwind yeah sometimes i wonder like is it the beer is it alcohol or is it just that's like i think maybe just, it's just those you, 10 minutes to just leave me alone and let me yeah let me transition from work to yeah, here and right. then I'll, I'll deal with you guys because yeah. i'm dealing with a four-year-old who'll be five next month who's yeah. awesome she's yeah. very calm I have a 13-year-old that has ADHD and needs the attention. Like, you need to see me. You need to hear me. Mm -hmm. And then I have a 40-year-old, 6-year-old who's super needy. Like, sorry. Um, 
But he does. He requires a lot of attention, and he is a survivor himself of both sexual assault and DV, and he's very open about it. Mm-hmm. So, like he shared last night, if mm-hmm. if I don't give him that attention, he feels like there's something wrong with you. Right. So once he's like, what did I do? I have to go fix him. Like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. That kind of yeah. just repeats my day over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just give me those 10 minutes with my beer. and Yeah, to decompress. We just will have, all be yeah. safe. <laughs> just have purgy time. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense. You do a lot. Like being yeah. a survivor and an advocate mm-hmm. and then being in that environment sometimes 24-7. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. to take on. And even when you're at work and if I'm not on the station, there's still walk-ins and there's still, right. we, we go on a, but that's, I love the chaos. I love I love those highs and lows. Yeah. And sometimes I don't know how to get off the roller coaster, mm. though. That's my problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we've had conversations with other friends who are survivor advocates mm-hmm. where it's like, we just are used to the chaos. Yeah. So it's like what we thrive on. And I've I noticed that's good when, or I'm, not. No, when I'm home, I, I, have, I dealt with a lot of DV in my childhood. And I also dealt with a lot of things with my dad that I've, been little by little starting to come out with things that he shouldn't have done. Um, but to some extent, I don't know if that was in my head. But then I, when I collaborate with other people that experience similar things with them, like, okay, this makes sense. Um, so I'm still in that house. So when there's nothing to do, the anxiety starts kicking in and the panic starts kicking in. So I, I'm constantly doing something, going out. But what I'm doing is I'm actually running away from what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So that whole chaos continues mm-hmm. my day. And if there's no chaos, that's when you start to think and you start to process. Right. And I don't know how to deal with that yet. I tried the yeah. therapy part mm-hmm. with the counselor, but I think some therapists are full of crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just there to nod their heads and say, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I... I like a challenge, like, question me, why am I doing this? Mm, like, yeah. that's what I need. And I have yet to find that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a struggle. I mean, as you know, doing the work, finding a good yeah. fit, find, finding someone mm-hmm. to begin with and finding mm-hmm. someone that fits with. And then sometimes, you know, cultural differences mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. really come into play. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're kind of taught, like, that's what they need to do. Because I remember when I went to... POV for an intake and I shared my story the person was like that's bullshit whatever she's like sorry I'm not supposed to say that whatever so there's just like yeah but it's gonna it takes getting through people that don't fit your personality and people that will that maybe you'll connect with them like they won't be your friend because they'll be a therapist but that friendship dynamic yeah Yeah. because I think they're trained to so like it takes maybe I don't know from comfort my therapist is sometimes with me i tried two different therapists the first one he was awesome at first and then we ended up talking about his wife and his jazz band okay so that went there so you paid did you yeah Yeah. did you charge him (laughs) and then the second therapist i for some reason again i started talking about her life and her children i was like no this is i don't need to be your therapist today do do you feel like they kind of introduce it or do you feel like it's your natural role i don't know but it happens and it just it's like no this is not what i need right you know i don't need to fix your problems or hear about your lovely life yeah i'm glad you're having you know it's like no like a big rule of no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and these are, they have their license already. Yeah. It's not like right. their interns. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. Re- so I found, yeah, I found support groups are really, really powerful yeah. because you connect have with you, other people. I haven't done them since I went through my DV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel like I'm at a position where I would be okay unless it's with peers, mm-hmm. you know, people that are going through where I'm at because um, if I go into uh, a group with survivors I'm probably going to manipulate it and start controlling because uh, <laughs> I have control issues <laughs> mm. so I need to find a peer group and, um, people that can relate to where we're at no longer victims yeah, but yeah. more like you keep getting oh, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. and uh, something that like for me that I've found um, is that you know like the type of healing you need sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm evolves you know it may not be traditional talk therapy maybe it's a different form of therapy so it's just like it's just the fun work of (laughs) finding what that is right now i think i'm looking more for something spiritual Mm -hmm. and i grew up catholic and it's very like sit down and get up sit up get up and and it's a lot of like i've i've had the misfortune of going into church and watching a woman that's dressed 
Like she's going to go out, come in and having the, the priest point her out in front of a congregation oh and gosh. tell her that only hookers wear sh- shoes like that. And to me, that's like, this is not where I need to be. Oh so I, I've had that experience. Right. And I've had, I've tried Christian. I've tried other different degrees of religion. So yeah. I need something that's I'm going to connect with. It's for so, you. Yeah. 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 Maybe Buddhism or something like right. that. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more spiritual mm-hmm. and it's not as judgmental, I think, as mm-hmm. Christian or Catholic yeah. religion. So yeah. I don't know. I've done the sage in my house yeah. and that actually feels good. Yeah. yeah. The cleansing of the house, all that. So I think maybe something a little bit more earthy is something that's going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, connecting to mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, it's just an evolution of like, especially I think um, of like healing, and then particularly because you're in the field, so yeah. you're you yourself are constantly giving a form mm-hmm. of therapy to mm-hmm. people, you know. So it's like, so then I think we sometimes become a little more uh, critical of yeah. the type of services mm-hmm. we're receiving, yeah. you know, because you're like, I could do better than this, <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know, like yeah. they're just not as supportive as you need. So yeah, just definitely like an evolution of healing. Um, and finding other realms to heal. And then I have to add that when I went to my therapy, I kind of went with the list, like, these are my problems. <laughs> so it's just me having control list. issues. Yeah, literally, oh. literally list. This is my problem. And I know how I have to address them. Mm. Just help me find the way to yeah. do this, you know, yeah. like suggest some good tools, which yeah. I probably already know, but I just tell me. Like right. engage so different for me. You. For me, it's like challenge me because mm. we, when we're in doing the crisis intervention and all this, we're kind of in control, even mm. though our role there is not to have power over our survivors, but to some degree you have to guide them and yeah. you have to help them find whatever control. So when I, whatever I'm searching for is do the same for me, but you have to challenge me. And yeah. there's one person that I've been talking to. Um, she's a, another advocate with POV. Um, I don't know if I can say your name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the way she challenges me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like she's, there's not sugar coating. Like, this is how it is. Yeah, yeah. And I need a therapist like that. Yeah. Or yeah. or life coach or whatever. Yeah, I think that's the difference too. Also seeing is that like, you don't have to go to a therapist to maybe get what you need. You yeah. have to like do that you don't have to do all these things that we think we're supposed to do so that's what people are opening up to like oils and stones yeah. and connecting to nature and then going with the instead of like just validating but someone calling you mm-hmm. calling it out whatever yeah. so it's just less conventional and that's probably why people are more open to healing now yeah and even something as simple as the oils like just yeah. allow yourself to experience that mm. the, i was newly introduced to aromatherapy Mm -hmm. two years ago Mm -hmm. but that first whiff and just taking the time to Mm -hmm. smell something Mm -hmm. and allow it to impact you is very powerful you know this looking at a candle just listening for light sounds Mm -hmm. but a lot of us are so wrapped up in that chaos mode that we don't take the time to just sit down and allow that to happen so thinking about the different ways of healing and claude b you were mentioning um like t- tattoos and I know we have different ones so I don't know if you want to share do you have any other like this was an incredible experience and opportunity but do you have any tattoos that you know have special meaning to you that, that kind of tell a story for you or I have um, my children on my back mm-hmm. and they're kind of like in a shooting star so it'll be like a one star goes that way then it's a kid named and another star and then my other one and then another mm-hmm. one and so it's kind of like a little branch of who oh. I am. And then I have my ex in Chinese letters, mm. which doesn't exactly mean his name, but it's a different representation of what symbolism of what the name would represent in Chinese, mm-hmm. Chinese language. Um, so what it actually means is precaution and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So out of everything, good or bad, something positive comes on. That's the only reason why I've kept it. Yeah. And I just have a few other little angels and stuff because I, I love the celestial things and hope and it mm. just takes me somewhere else yeah yeah nice. well, and then i have my yeah. El poder es <laughs> which is kind of where i'm at today yeah, yeah. reclaiming myself mm-hmm. love it cloud i have different ones that symbolize different things like i have the family one i mean um mass of major lilo and stitch fan obviously so um i just like the meaning of lilo and stitch the whole Ohana, meaning of Ohana and family. So when my family did a family trip to Hawaii, we all got a 
we all have the same tattoo with the word Ohana on it because Ohana means family and family means you never get left behind and forgotten. And um, because we are an immigrant family, we only have each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really big to me, like just my my uh, siblings and my parents and stuff like that and uh, husband now. Um, so I have that and I have stuff for my wedding, like for my marriage. Um, but probably the most... Mm, I guess meaningful or sort of a tribute remembrance tattoo is I do have a blueberry on my forearm. Um, whoever follows me on Instagram, uh, we always refer to our blueberry baby um, because that was the gestational size at the time of the miscarriage. So uh, both my husband Eric and I wanted to get something to memorialize that. And so I got a blueberry and um, he got something else. So that's probably the one that's sort of most meaningful to yeah. me mm-hmm. is that like a, and something you did uh to honor and yeah like to honor to remember and sort of it's in a place where like i see. consistently see it but like it's not as visible or noticeable to other people mm-hmm. um and that was the only experience i've had where um the tattoo artist was like genuinely trying to find out like because mm-hmm. it's such a mm-hmm. random tattoo and he's like that's all you want just like one blueberry and I was like, yeah. And so he was asking me why. And he was, uh, you know, he was a man. And he was very, very nice and very, very supportive. And that's sort of, we did it pretty soon after um, the miscarriage. And um, I think that was like the first like sort of stranger that I shared my story with. And he was very sweet and supportive mm-hmm. and everything. So Did he share it on his page? The tattoo? He shared mm-hmm. it, yeah. yeah. Not the meaning behind it, but oh, yeah, he yeah, shared it. Yeah. Um, he shared the actual He tattoo. didn't get specific, but I think he said something about, like, the story behind it. He said something about a story meaning. or a special meaning yeah. or something like that. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, I mean, I have a couple. I have the um, teal ribbon from when I was going through the legal process, and I shared my story about Take Back the Night, and all my family put on teal ribbons, like, on their wrist, and I kept mine on until the trial, and then I wanted to get it tattooed. So that I had it with me when I was on the stand. So I have that one. And it's like, it's really imperfect. And I had to do it like three times. It like spits out the ink. But I just, I, I don't, I wouldn't change it. Mm. I enjoy it. And because then I. teal is. The color of sexual mm. assault, sexual violence, um, awareness. And it's like a different kind of ribbon than like the ribbons they do for mm-hmm. on our troops, birth cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have. Um, so that has a lot of meaning, but then I have this cactus on my thigh, which I always wanted like a blossom from a cactus. I always pictured getting like the ones that bloom at night, Mm -hmm. um, to symbolize beauty from pain. And, um, and my parents have always had cactus, uh, in their backyard and my dad will like put it and plant it in places or take it and whatever. And so when I, um, had a, a coworker whose sister is also an advocate, um, she was doing tattoos so it was like uh, I went to go to her and she did it and so that was probably someone that's been the most um, into it and like asking questions and then she also knows so I ended up getting the cactus because of like the beauty from pain but then on it I have um, two of the what are they called cactus arms whatever Mm -hmm. They're like connected, so like my mom and dad, and then three blossoms for my me, my brother, and my sister. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I think that was the most like intimate tattoo session I've I've had. So. Yeah. But I always want more. And you are gonna add to. I'm gonna add to, to it. I'm gonna add some color, some more life. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out. I kind of like it the way it is, but then I want mm. the colors so I can bring out mm-hmm. the details of the house and the flower that's breaking it up. So. Hopefully something red in the top and then mm. something in the bottom. But I'll work with her and see what she thinks because yeah. this is her piece. <laughs> yeah. But I love that she's she is a big. It. She said like she doesn't put into her. She yeah. doesn't put herself into the stories, but there's so much of her in here. Yes. Yeah. So it's something I need to work with her. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And doing that, you know. Being part of that exhibit because your story, I've been so lucky to hear it a few times and to know you. And so I'm so glad that people are able to witness your strength and that you have something to remember that experience by. And that it was a good experience too. <laughs> yeah, it was actually very, very positive. And I didn't think it was going to be so good. I didn't think it was going to turn out the way it did. It mm-hmm. turned out really well. 
It was great. And yeah. thank you, and Claudia, for being there with course. me. Of course. It was such a good experience. I'm glad I could be there. And yeah. um, just as an audience member, it was such a good, impactful mm-hmm. experience. Not at all. I don't know what I expected when I came in, but it was just so different than what I expected. It was so well mm. curated mm-hmm. and put together. And, um, uh, you know, the person who was asking the questions and everything just mm-hmm. did so good. Yeah, he did. It was great. Carlos Mola, awesome. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've been a part of two art exhibits in the last few months. You're part of the Listening with Empathy Storytelling Station yeah. at our fundraiser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one, you're basically an artist. I know. <laughs> Check me out. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Like I said, I don't don't look at me and <laughs> but hear it because mm. and share your story. Like it's so important to share our stories. We don't realize because we don't know who needs to hear something mm, that day right. and. And it's important to bring awareness to so many different topics, sexual assault, domestic violence, you know, everything, molestation. There's so much going on that we don't talk about and we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think we are beyond that time. We're overdue, way overdue. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it and for sharing it with us again today. Thank thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And um, so, as I mentioned before, the exhibit at the Museum of Latin American Art um, is going on still till February 3rd of 2019. The next live tattooing will be on December 8th, and that is the person dealing with mental health. Mm-hmm. And it starts at 11, right? That's when you started? So they're, they're different. Oh, different times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, check online at um, mola.org or their Instagram, Instagram is at mola2asart. Um, and then they're also doing, um, this is pretty cool. So they're also doing, um, flash tattoos at the museum. So you could get, um, tattooed at the museum yourself and, um, it's on their website. So M O L A A.org. Um, they're doing it on two separate, uh, Thursdays in November, the 15th. Is that this week? The 15th and the 29th. And you have to reserve it and put down a deposit and it's flash. So they have, you know, you can Mm. choose from a, a few flash designs, um, and schedule yourself for that. But that's a pretty cool experience if you're into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the re- the funds to those are going to go to specific nonprofits. I think oh, that cool. they've already Ooh. picked okay. out. So, yeah. so it's also for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. All right. Thanks again, Thank Bridget, you. so Thank much you for, for being me. part of this. This is awesome. Cool. All right. And so we say goodbye. Oh. <laughs> because you're usually you're usually the one who intros this and asks guests to do this. Oh, chismosa corner? <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're going to do this all over again. I was just going to say bye. Are we doing Are we doing anything else? I didn't think so. That's what, do you want me oh, to Oh, yeah. No, no. Corner? You just usually ask people. You're the one who usually asks people to say bye. <laughs> oh. Okay. So we, uh, if you'll join us in how we say bye, bye. we'll do it all together <laughs> in unison. It's our uh, unity clap. What is that? The- Whatever. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Follow us on all socials at 2Bs Pod. That's T-W-O-B-S Pod. Tell your friends and your friends' friends. More importantly, tell your followers and your haters. Bye. Before we fully sign off, we know that we have talked about a topic that may be triggering to some. If you or someone you love has experienced sexual or domestic violence, there is support available. There are resources both over the phone and online. For domestic violence, the national hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233, or online at thehotline.org. For sexual violence, the national hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE, 1-800-656-4673, or online at rain.org, R-A-I-N-N.org.